everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Thank you so much for being here. I know it's kind of hard in this very, very cold room. (laughs) Trying to be psychological, trying to get the hot out of my mind. It is hot. I think this is what the hottest day is that right? Like one of the hottest days so far? Yeah, it's, it's a hot one today. But anyway, thank you so much for being here, showing up tonight. We really appreciate everyone, every young adult that we see, every young adult that's involved. Thank you to the music team. You guys do a great job. Amen. So, it's actually, I mean, those songs, sister, did you look at my notes? (laughs) Those songs went straight on with what we have today, with what I got to say. That's in my notes, what the Lord has given me. Um, So, thank you for being very sensitive. Thank you so much. So, um... I want to talk a little bit tonight about strength in suffering. Strength in suffering. First of all, what does suffering mean? The Webster's Dictionary says the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. Pain, distress, or hardship. And before I get into get deep in here, I kind of want to tell a story a little bit. <laughs> Has anybody ever had suffering from something very embarrassing happening to them? <laughs> I got a couple of those stories. <laughs> I'm sure you guys do too. Well, there was one time um, my family, and uh, I think it was my aunt and uncle, my cousin, and I would go on a lot of trips with them. Um, we went to Six Flags. Well, it was, it was, and that's in Georgia, so it was a pretty hot day. It was in the summer. We were all out of school, so we took a trip to Six Flags. It was really hot. So I decided to put on some pretty thin layer of clothing, uh, nothing immodest, okay? <laughs> Pants, shirt, it's just, was, I was trying to make it as cool as possible, all right? So, anyway, we went to Six Flags, and everything's going great, We're riding all the rides. Well, I want to go to a water ride, okay? We all want to go to a water ride. It's hot, We're ready to cool down. So, we go, and before we do, it's that, has anybody ever been to Six Flags? Okay, so you guys remember that raft, that raft ride? They kind of send down the water, and 
it's, it kind of spins and you got people all the way around it. Okay, so that's the one that we were going to ride. So before we did, though, I wanted to look at it and there was a spot like you would see them. They were, we were up high, there was a fence and uh, you could see them go down the river. So I wanted to watch them. So, and the thing is, the, the pants that I had on were button-up pants. <laughs> okay? Button-up pants. Like I said, it was hot, and I was wanting to keep cool any way I could. So, I get on the fence to look at what's going on, the, uh, you know, the ride and how fun it is. And get up there, see what I want to see, try to hop down, and it snags my pants all the way up. <laughs> I've never, oh, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. And believe me when I say I endured suffering for the rest of that trip. <laughs> that was a hard time after that. Did not hear the end of it. Still, do, I still don't hear the end of it <laughs> because they bring it up sometimes. But anyway, but after that, yeah, we had fun. But I learned my lesson not to wear button-up pants. But anyway, so what I'm saying is everybody suffers. Whether, you know, something comical like that. But, and then all serious, we all do suffer. We have things that we deal with. So I want to talk about that tonight. First, I want to need your help. I hope you guys brought your Bibles. Um... If someone can get Psalms 22, 1 through 5, and then if another person can get the same, but just do um, 6 through 11. So Psalms 21, 1 through 5, and then Psalms, not 21, I'm sorry, Psalms 22, 1 through 5, and then Psalms 22, 6 through 11. Does anybody have it? I got it. So which one do you have, brother? I'm sorry? Yeah, 22, 1 through 5. Let's do that. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping from the words of my soul? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest and the night seems, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. All right, and Sister Savannah, can you do 6 through 11? Okay. Thank you. 
So thank you guys very much. So during this time, this is the Psalm of David. And in this, he's crying out, crying out to God. But before I get into that, let's just go on a little bit. We'll come back. So some of us get used to the idea. Some of us get used to the idea that we are not supposed to suffer. Just think about that for a second. How many times, how many times have we asked, why is this, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on in my life right now? What did I do to deserve this? Because if God loves us, he will not let us suffer or other people suffer. In other words, we should be spared from suffering. And I'm guilty of that too. I have asked, why God is this going on in my life? What is going on? Why is everything falling, up, falling apart around me? It doesn't make any sense. So let's talk about Paul. Acts 14 and 6. While Paul was preaching, God healed a man who had never walked. Paul commanded the man to stand up, and the man leaped up completely healed. The Gentiles who witnessed this miracle were astonished and began shouting that Paul and Barnabas must be gods. Barnabas, I'm sorry. Must be gods. But a group of Jewish opponents of Paul from the surrounding area arrived and somehow managed to turn the crowd against Paul. So much so that the people went from hailing Paul as a god to stoning Paul. So everybody remember this? Miraculously, Paul survived and bravely continued his mission, his missionary work in that area. So Paul, arguably the greatest follower of Christ, suffered and showed us through his own experience and teaching that even God's holy and faithful people will suffer as well. But along with that, along with that truth, Paul also promised us that God will comfort us and deliver us from suffering. So even the great Paul himself he was stoned, right? He had a lot to deal with during the time of his missionary work. But he continued. He continued, right? So let's look at, um, at Job's unexpected test, okay? So, first of all, with Job... First of all, Satan himself was looking apparently for someone that he could cause to be unrighteous. And that's exactly what the devil does, right? That's exactly what Satan does. He goes to and fro looking for whom he may devour, right? And so what happens? I think, we, I think a lot of us know this story. God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? 
Now Satan could not attack Job without God allowing it. And he could not attack Job in any way that he wanted. Right? He couldn't do it. God wouldn't allow it. And just as a side note, why would the devil want to kill him anyway? Why would he want to kill him right away? What would he gain from that? I mean, think about it. If, if, and I don't mean to be like too harsh or anything like that, but I'm thinking, you know, if the devil killed me right away, he wouldn't gain anything because I'm ready, right? So he has to get you in a place where, where you're going to give up everything and everything you know. But we'll get to that in a second. So just like he can't attack you the way he wants to unless you let him. So God told Satan that he could attack Job with limits. But he could not kill him. He couldn't attack his health. Job's possessions. Three servants came to Job telling him that his cattle was all destroyed, his property was all destroyed, his servants were all killed. Think of that, okay? And, that, and that's not like, okay, he got a day to break, you know, a day break every three servants. No, right after, right after. So then we go to Job's children. Another servant came to Job telling him that your sons and daughters were killed by a great wind that hit the house where they were in and it collapsed on them. So now he's got his property. Everything was destroyed. His servants were destroyed. And now his sons, his daughters are all dead. In a very, very short time. So Job in uh, uh, chapter 1 and 20, overwhelmed, Job got up and rent his clothes, tore them, shaved his head, and then started worshiping the Lord. Now, think about this. Try to put yourself in his shoes. Where would you be? What would you be doing after all that had happened to you? Try, try and put yourself in Job's shoes. Maybe not to that extreme, but just think of some things that could possibly happen to you. So then we go to Job's health. So Satan laid down another challenge. Skin for skin. Actually, I tell you what, somebody somebody grabbed Job 2, 4 through 5. Real quick. Job 2, 4 through 5. Okay, go ahead.
skin for skin. Let me attack his health. Lift your hand up just a little bit more. Let me attack his health. So, Job's health was attacked. And the thing is, in, in other words, in this verse here, if Job's health was attacked or destroyed, his worship will turn into cursing. That's what the devil was telling God, that he will curse you after, uh, after I attack his health. So God let Satan afflict Job physically, but God told him again, you cannot kill him. So Satan hit his flesh with sores and boils. So at this point here, Job cries out to God. Three of Job's friends heard the things that were happening, and they came to Job to comfort him. Job's appearance, his appearance shocked his friends, and they began to weep and tore off their clothes and sprinkled uh, dust on their heads. And they sat in silence with him for seven days. Seven days they sat in silence with him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to have friends. I'm sure right then and there it was a great thing for Job to at least see his friends and then, then comfort him with, with something, just their presence being there. But I am telling you right now, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have friends to help me. If I didn't have my best friend right here, my wife, helping me. It's good to have friends that are grounded in the truth, right? It's good to have them. Good to have them around. I don't care what anybody else says, anybody else outside of church or even in the church trying to cause confusion. Confusion. If you know they are spiritually strong, that's what we all need. That's what we all need. There are two things that, well, I mean, there's a lot of things that we need, but I mean, one of them is to have spiritual counsel, right? Godly spiritual counsel in your life. To me, yes, I'm you can, you can get help from a lot of places, but to me, that exceeds really high on the list to go to when you're needing help. It does. Because from the way they live their life, how they're living their life, and if, if they're genuine, God will speak to them and speak through them to you, Right? And we all need that. And the next is, the, and of course, your friends. Good, godly friends that can do the same. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times whenever I've been real low down, like I, I was in the lows and lows, and I needed someone to talk to, and I would call my, uh, some friends up, uh, Nathan French, or, you know, I can name them on down the list, but... I called them and they helped me and I sometimes I just needed to vent and then they would say, well, Aaron, this and this and this. And sometimes they would correct me if I needed correcting. We all need correction. We're not perfect. I need correction. I'm not perfect. My wife corrects me all the time. 
but we all need correction. Okay? So it's good to have friends that can sense that, that can sense where you're, what you're going through. They may not know exactly, like they, they may not have been through that themselves, but they can encourage. They can encourage. Amen? All right, Job 3, that's, uh, somebody can get Job 3, uh, let's get, somebody get Job 3 and 3, and then somebody get Job 3, 25 through 26. So Job 3 and 3, and then Job 3, 25 through 26. And then Job 25 through 26. Does anybody have that? You have that? Do you have that? I got I Brother Zach. <laughs> For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Amen. So, after that, after his friends came, Job finally cried out to God, cursing the day that he was born. So, God, I will cry out unto God in my suffering. What Job felt in that moment is also what David felt in Psalms 22, 1 through 2. God, my God, God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And this is real stuff. We do feel this sometimes. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. So David, like Job, roared, roared in anguish, meaning suffering and distress. So we have a pattern in Scripture that reveals the acceptance of crying out to God when we face suffering. We, right there in the Scripture, it gives us Example after example with David, with Job, and other, other, uh, and other scriptures, they cried out to God in their suffering. It's dangerous. I'm getting a little far ahead, but it's dangerous when we look to other things when we're suffering. Suffering opens up a door, okay? It opens up the door to your heart. And if you let it, other things will enter. But getting back to here, Psalms 50 and 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. So, I know we're talking about Job here, and, and some, you know, a lot of us aren't going to suffer as hard as he did. But so what about us? 
How can I apply this to my life? How, how can I grab what's going on here in Job and in Psalms and apply it to my life? So let's look at it this way. Maybe you lost someone that was a good friend to you. Maybe they walked out on God. Maybe, maybe that person died. I don't know. Maybe you're uh, experiencing persecution in your home. That's real. Maybe some things are happening at school. Maybe you're experiencing persecution in college, at your workplace. Guys, I know a lot of us have been there and have question, have, they have had questions, why do you do what you do? And they think it's ridiculous. And then some, sometimes that we get made fun for what, what we're doing here right now. But they don't understand. Or maybe you're going through a rough breakup. That's real. Breakups are hard. They really are. Maybe you're going through a tough time. I've already said that. I don't need to say that again. Sorry. So, let's talk about feeling forsaken. Because of our struggles, sometimes it does seem like God has forsaken us. Sometimes we would probably think if God was with us, He could take care of all these problems at these times. At these times when we, when we are thinking these, and I've already said this, the devil can creep up and cause confusion. He is the confusion causer, right? He will confuse you. And he, you don't have to. I mean, yeah, you have to let him confuse you if you, if, you, know, if you don't do something quick. But, I mean, any time. Anytime when we're going through suffering, he can come up. Or not even just that. You can just be walking out your normal day and something just hits you just like that. And, oh, I, you know, you're thinking confusion. And the devil's trying to get you all confused and discombobulated. And then prayers seem to go unheard when we're suffering. So I know we've talked a lot about all this. God will give us strength. This is, this is where I want to make a lot of, 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 of points here. God will give you strength. No matter what. No matter what you are going through. Through temptations, anything. David remembered what God did for the Israelites. Right? In Psalms 22, David remembers that. And that's, that was his remembrance. Sometimes, guys, we have to remember. We have to remember what he did for us in the past. I know we can forget sometimes. We can forget sometimes, especially in the middle of suffering and hardship. But it's important to remember those things. That's why we got to keep them. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let them say, no, that was not real. That experience... That experience was not real. That, that, that didn't happen the way you think it did. Yes, it did. He brought you out of that. 
Whatever that was, He brought you out of it. And so you can apply that same thing that you, that you did in that hard time to now in your hard times, right? God is the same. He is the same. He will help you. So David had hoped and trusted in God his whole life. So he knew that he could be delivered from his suffering. So he continued to cry. He continued to seek after God. And God heard him and caused his suffering to stop. He got him out of his suffering. David cried out. Yeah, in that scripture, yes. David cried out, you have delivered me. Or you have answered me. My apologies. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep on going. So, in that process, David was reminded that through, that though he may have felt forsaken, God nevertheless had never left his side. God will not leave your side. I can't say that enough. God will not leave your side. And you know, it's important. It is important for us to realize that, not just for us, but whenever we're encouraging somebody else. It may be a family member who is in the hospital bed right now or has a medical condition. You can help them, right? So many verses, many verses clarify and affirm these truths that God will deliver you if you keep on crying out, Deuteronomy 31 and 6 tells us, Be strong and of good courage. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave nor forsake you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee and help you. I will uphold you. With the right hand of my righteousness. Trust God in your suffering. One of the first things to do about suffering is realize that you are suffering and you need help from the Lord. That is hard to do sometimes, to realize, hey, I'm suffering. I, I'm having a really hard time. We can blow. We can completely blow that off and say, "I'm fine. I I got this. It's okay. I'll get through it. Uh, it'll be all right. I I got this." Until it becomes too late down the road, when you should have been praying at the beginning and seeking God, uh, seeking God's help for this, and now you're stuck down the road, even more distressed and trying to figure out what's going on now. Realize that you ha are having a hard time and you are suffering, whatever it is that you're, that you're dealing with. So, and I know I said this again, or I said this already, but if we don't realize that, if we don't come to terms that we are suffering, again, that's where the devil can run straight in and grab a hold of you. 
So come to terms with your suffering and trust God. Psalms uh, 46, 1 through 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in, tr- in, uh, in trouble. Therefore, he, uh, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. Fear is a very, very powerful tool. Very powerful tool that the devil can use. Right? Fear. I mean, and I know we're, we all have fears. We're human. We all have those fears. Well, what if this happens again? And what if, what if this goes on? You know? But that's just a tool that the devil can use. That's just a tool that, that, can, that can get your suffering started or that, that, will, that will just continue continuing your suffering longer or, I don't know, distress, hardship, fear. Fear can lead you there. So, we will not fear. Why? Because God is with us. God is helping us. God never promised that we would not have trouble. He never promised that. He did promise, however, that He will be present and help us in time of trouble. God is not present just to observe our suffering. He is, pr- he is present to help, to strengthen, and in, uh, in sovereign uh, timing, to save us from our suffer- suffering. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne. That's why we got to be praying daily so we can do that, so we can come to Him boldly to His throne. Guys, we have to be ready. We have to be ready for whatever the enemy wants to throw at us, right? We have to be ready for life. We have to be ready for that new job. We have to be ready for college. We have to be ready, right? That's why we got to be praying and in our word daily, daily. And I know we're not perfect, but we've, we've got to strive for it. I can't tell you how important that is. We have to strive. We have to do it daily. Amen? So, my final point. If you are suffering today... Just hearing these promises may not immediately comfort you or change change how you feel about your situation. But we can at least claim these promises right now. We can claim these scriptures right now. We can can claim what He has promised us right now. Now, and I know it's hot in here, so let's all stand. Whew. I don't know. I don't, you know, let me, be, let me be real with you guys for a minute. I don't know what you guys, and you said it, sister. That, <laughs> you said it. I don't know what is going on in everybody's life right now. All I know is what's in mine. I know what's 
between me and God. But you know your life. You know what's going on. You know the sufferings that you're dealing with. You know the temptations that you're dealing with. You know uh, the hardships that you're facing or that you might have to face in the near future. Only you know that. And you know, because Scripture has said it, you know how important it is to look to the Word, to look to God already before those things even start. And even now, while you're in it. He's promised you. He won't forsake you. He, he, he will help you. He's promised you that. He will deliver you. This is not going to last. But you have to be the one. You have to be the one to run to Him. Don't let the devil, do not let the devil confuse you. It is so easy, so easy to get confused in time of suffering or hardship. So easy. But if we're prepared, and if we are digging in the Word, and if we are praying and we have a good walk with Him, we know what to do. We won't be confused. God is not the author of confusion. He doesn't confuse us. That's all the work of the enemy. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's just ask Him to help us in time of suffering. God, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to come up tomorrow. I have no idea what's going to come up next week. But God, help me, Jesus. Help me to be ready for those times.